Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with doctors, developers, and decision makers that are playing in the Australian health tech scene today. Here with me is Tess Vanderright. Tess has worked for a decade in health system policy and reform, boasting experience with the World Health Organization in Geneva, in public health policy in Singapore, and as a management consultant in Sydney, specialising in public health. She's currently CEO and founder of Patient Connector, an online platform that directly connects patients with specialist doctors and increasing the efficiency of the referral process for GPs. Tess holds a Bachelor of Arts and a Bachelor of Laws, is admitted to practice law in New South Wales and is currently completing a Master of Health Management. She has also been first author for a number of peer-reviewed journal articles on topics related to public health reform. Tess, hi. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Um, you've done a lot of things and, 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 and had a lot of experience in different areas, which are going to be really exciting to talk about. So, so thanks for making the time to come in. Um, your, your, your background seems really focused on, on policy reform and law and, and other boring stuff. Um, so, so how did you wind up in the fast paced and, and exciting world of, of health tech? Well, I must say I've always loved health. Um, I, I grew up with my, my dad being an orthopaedic surgeon and I used to run into his consultation rooms and pull out some x-rays and put it on the screen and you know, spend my time trying to A, work out which part of the body it was and then perhaps you know, where there was a, an issue. Mm. Um, my brother went on to become a specialist doctor. My other brother's a pharmacist, so you get the point. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I always loved health but didn't like maths and chemistry, so therefore thought I couldn't work in health. Um, so that's consequently why I went down the arts law path uh, using the other side of the brain. But um, mm. the, the short way of putting it, by the time I'd finished my degree, my honours was in um, public health law and uh, my first job was working with the World Health Organisation. Um, so it really was inevitable that I'd be working in health. Yeah. I just finally worked out that you could work at a, a health system and policy level. So I suppose for me now working in health tech, um, it's again another way to be working directly with patients. But I mean, I'm certainly not opening up any bodies and I don't think that would be good for, for anyone. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> so you found your, you found your niche. You found that's that you, right. You're not going to do. Um, <laughs> no, that's cool. So, so look, uh, CEO and founder of Patient Connector, tell me more about Patient Connector and, and, and where the company's at currently. Sure. So um, essentially the problem we're aiming to address is that great challenge for patients and the lack of transparent information when you look for a specialist doctor. Um, You're referred to a specialist and only then do you find out that the wait list for surgery might be too long or the out-of-pocket fee for surgery is too high. Mm. So you then have to return to your GP and ask for a new referral, which is very inefficient and costly for the patient and is also inefficient for the GP. Um, So our aim is to provide patients with upfront access to information um, and multiple uh, choices of specialist doctors where they can review the fee and wait list for consultation, um, the fee and wait list for surgery, the location options for all, 
And of course, importantly, there's a profile of the specialists outlining their, um, where and when they graduated, their year, years of um, experience, areas of expertise, even the languages that they speak. So it's really just about providing um, choice and, and control for patients. Um, on the other side of the coin, we're also providing benefits to specialists through um, helping them proactively grow their practice. It's very challenging for a specialist to do so because um, essentially their BD, in inverted commas, mm. is uh, to a GP, not to their actual customer, which mm. is their, the patient. So that all sounds very cool. Um, is it a competitive space? Because I, I feel like I've heard of different products that do similar things. Mm. So is it a challenging space to, to be playing in? It is a competitive space at the moment. Um, to be frank, I think it's a good thing because it means it's a problem worth solving, of course. Um, our uh, competitors are more akin to online directories. So you mm. can search for doctors, you can find out where they consult, um, but you really can't find out the important information that patients want to know the most. How much is this all going to cost me? And um, how long will I have to wait? Mm. Um, there are some of our competitors moving into the space of trying to provide that information, but how they're doing it is uh, relying on databases um, that specialists have used with their private health insurance to make uh, rebate claims. So a patient can um, type in the type of procedure that they require and then look at profiles that show um, this this specialist does this surgery and it's between an out-of-pocket cost of $0 to $5,000. Mm. Of course, you know, patient's first question, well, am I $0 or is it $5,000? Yes. Like, what's it for me? So we're different because we're completely patient-centric. Um, the specialists are responding to each patient individually and it's based on their unique medical context. Got it. So um, you, you've received some grants um, to get you going, so so congratulations on that, um, and 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 I, and and grants from my experience anyway are, are things that that you know prick the ears of of anyone that's trying to to run a, a tech or a health tech company because it, it it's money and everyone <laughs> kind of needs money to get going. So um, is it was that a tell us about that process for you because I, I hear different things about trying to get any money in Australia to, to help support innovation or technology or or, uh, or those spaces is is relatively hard. But so from from like what 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 did you receive and, and what was that process like? So we received a um, minimum viable product an MVP grant from Jobs for New South Wales. Mm. Um, the process itself was actually quite streamlined. I think the important aspect is one, we had um, a very strong um, supporter, I suppose, a, a large um, medical practice company uh, covering Australia wide who agreed to provide us feedback and be an initial user of the platform. So mm. I think firstly, having a strong um, partner that will um, hold your hand along the process yeah. and the government knowing that you have some backing is, is helpful. Um, simply, there were some questions I didn't know exactly what they were looking for, so call up and ask. I think that's just a really simple... People overlooked that one. <laughs> ...simple answer. Um, but in terms of what it's done, it's it's been incredible. Obviously, um, money is one thing, but on the back of the grant, um, the New South Wales government wanted to do a joint press release with us, uh, and the Sydney Morning Herald, um, Esther Han, the health editor, picked up the story, um, and we were published in the Sun Herald. And on the back of that, it was incredible. The the 
you know, corporate and government partnership proposals that came out of that, not to mention just simply more specialist doctor sign-ups and patient users. Yeah. Um, so I think in any context, having having backing by a, a government such as the New South Wales government is, is greatly beneficial for yeah. a startup or any company for that matter. I think that point too about having, uh, whether it's a reference site or, 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 or someone to vouch for what you do, particularly in health where it's... Mm everyone's peer reviewed and you know that's the that's what everyone kind of thrives on is this good well I'll ask someone else or who else is using it and so that's um that, that seems to be the right way to go um so, so to, to back to patient connected then if I understand it correctly you're you're it, it kind of challenges the normal process of a, of a GP referring to a specialist um so so I'm I'm guessing that that some doctors like that whether they're GP or specialist and and, and others probably don't so so how are clinicians responding to it at the moment so the first point to emphasize is that no patient can use our service unless they have a GP referral so in no way are we trying to um, mess with the important process of a patient firstly accessing primary health care before being referred to a specialist um, so I think the big aspect is if a GP um, has strong relationships with um, a particular specialization or a particular individual specialist then we don't want to muck with that great relationship. Refer the patient to that specialist. The feedback we've got from GPs though is, one, I I don't know someone for every single subspecialisation that's available in Australia. Um, and two, I I move around. So I might know the, the specialist in the area that I studied university, but I've moved and I actually don't know. Um, you know, someone with the specific expertise. And more so, um, the, the problem that we're helping solve for GPs is the fact that patients keep returning because they've referred, they also refer blindly to a GP, uh, to the specialist doctor. So they don't know what their fees are and they don't know what the wait list is. So mm. patients return asking for a new referral. So that's the benefit for GPs. Um, and by all means, as we say, though, um, if they've got great relationships, then please continue with those. Mm, mm, mm. When it comes to specialists, um, of course, the, the idea of sharing commercial information before the patient has seen you is, is a new one. Um, the big aspect is that they're able to make those commercial determinations because they actually have access to the clinical information. So they see the, the medical history, um, the, the x-rays, MRI reports, pathology results, GP referral. So they can actually determine um, this is the procedures that are required. If they can't, they can say exactly that and still provide their mm. fee for consultation um, and wait list for procedure. That's still really important information for a patient that they can't access. Um, and finally, the feedback from specialist doctors, um, it is very, very challenging to grow a private practice. It takes years um, and you know it's very hard to, it takes time to establish a referral network with GPs. So really a lot of them are idly waiting um, for, for private referrals. Of course, there's a lot of work available in the public system. Mm. Um, but yeah, a lot of people um, hope to grow their private practice one way, so we help them with that. Mm. And uh, when they share their commercial information, importantly, it's only going to the patient. Mm. Um, so we're not forcing specialists to publicly release their fees or agree to set prices. Mm. Um, and I think that's also what sets us apart. It sounds like you, you solve some, some really really neat problems and and there's been some successes um along the way even in the early days of um 
uh, of the product. But have you come across any major roadblockers and, and, and ways that you've um, overcome those or had to kind of pivot and do something else? Mm. Or is, is it still the same product that you kind of went to do originally or what, you know? It's, it's, it's health tech, nothing kind of uh, <laughs> is easy, right? So, I think what was quite interesting, um, we chose a number, we firstly released in Western Sydney and we chose a number of um, surgical groups to release to. Um, it was really interesting to see who was responsive and who wasn't. Uh, we released in, in winter mm. and, um, you know, throat surgeons, for example, are, um, are cyclical. They're very in demand in winter. And so unsurprisingly, they were very busy. And mm. so we, unfortunately for, for me, had a, had a lot of demand from patients, but mm. had less response from, you know, right. throat specialists. Yep. In turn, um, we had an even targeted gastroenterology as a place to enter yet we had gastroenterologists coming to us and saying as soon as you hmm. um open in our our field um sign me up i'm ready to go hmm. um so i suppose for me um it's been really interesting to see the types of specialists that it has worked and has not worked for as well um orthopedics is another great example whereby um a lot of people think you know the simple fact of, of providing a photo of your GP referral and a photo of an x-ray, surely that's not enough. Yeah. Um, we had a, a patient that that's simply what they did. They took a photo of one of shot of their x-ray and a GP referral and every single response, every specialist agreed um, independently that the patient had a vascular necrosis of the hip and required a hip replacement. <laughs> so it was that beautiful product market mm. fit moment that yeah, yeah, everyone nice. wants. Shazam. And let's be <laughs> honest, every single transaction doesn't happen that way. <laughs> but um, but yeah, look, it's it's been it's just, it's a steep learning curve, and, and really that's the fun of running a, a tech company, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, no, nice one. So so what's the long term play for you guys? Like, what's going to be what's going to be happening in the next few years um our ultimate aim is to create a a full sort of end-to-end -end process um, of specialist healthcare for patients so what that means is um, we can provide the service of um, telehealth for a gp service they can then get referred via um, us to a specialist doctor so that's the current play and then finally if you've booked in uh, knee surgery, for example, you will need allied health services such as a physiotherapist. Mm -hmm. You will need products such as a knee brace, pain relief from mm -hmm. a pharmacy. So it's really providing that um, full patient journey and being able to provide all the associated services and care um, for that specialist treatment. Awesome. Well, it's been super fun to chat with you, Tess. Um, all the best with Patient Connector and thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name's Peter Birch. Go check out our socials, share the love, send me a note if you've got some feedback, or even if you know someone that might be awesome to have on the show in future. Look forward to chatting to you next time.